What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one-and-done preview for this week's U.S. Open. We will talk through some outright options. We'll look at the results of the tournament simulator. We'll see if there's any head-to-heads that we can take advantage of, and we'll chat one-and-done because... It's a major championship, and there is plenty of money up for grabs at the top. Speaking of money up for grabs, these sports books, as they're rolling out in the United States, they are uh, dying for your business and offering lots of free bets, depending on what book and what state you are in. If you go to rickrungood.com slash bets, it is a current best offering available. So you can check your state, you can check what book, and you can see what's available to you. And they usually give you a couple hundred bucks in free bets, which seems like a Good idea. Very nice. I like free bets. Um, Also, remember, not one, not two, three live chats on Wednesday this week. 3 p.m. Eastern time. Regular U.S. Open live chat, all things, whatever you want. 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. That is the jock market power hour. That's stock market DFS. And then 10 p.m., the last thing before this tournament kicks off, we're going to have a little bit of fun. We are going to break some upper deck golf carts, the high-end boxes, live on stream, and I am sailing into the sunset and retiring from breaking carts. If you want to join that break, the information is in the description or a link to the information is in the description. Uh, but yeah, a lot of good stuff. Let's talk bets. Let's talk one and done. Let's go. This right here is my tournament predictor tool. It is available on rickrungood.com, as is everything that you see in every video. And the way that this works, if you are new, is I simulate the results of the U.S. Open 1,000 times. Then I take that and I compare it to the odds, and we see if there is any value. The golfer who won my simulation more than anybody else at 7.6, which noteworthy, that's not nearly as high as we've seen in previous weeks because, of course, there is a lot of great players here, is Rory McIlroy. And I understand it. Rory back in the winner's circle recently at Quail Hollow. He has not always played at Torrey Pines, but when he has, he's played well. Last three years, he's played very well. Uh, he is a very high upside golfer, which the simulation results love. So I have him winning this about seven and a half percent of the time. His odds, which you can get at 20, 21, 22, depending on where you're looking. William Hill has him at 20. I believe last time he was at 20 was Quail Hollow. He won that event. Uh, I can check DraftKings here real quick. They have him at 21, which is what this model is using. So based on the the, the 21 to 1 odds, that essentially implies that Rory's going to win it 4.5% of the time. I have him winning it 7.5% of the time. It is one of the largest values that I have, and at least of the guys at the top of the board. There are three golfers that I have winning this more than 7% of the time. Rory, Dustin Johnson, and Justin Thomas. Anecdotally, I'm a little bit concerned about JT. I just think that I'd, I'd prefer he has a little bit more experience. I prefer he be playing well at the moment. But I got to tell you, this board, you know, the, the the top of the betting board is full of guys outside of John Rahm, I suppose. Uh, even John Rahm, I guess, has question marks of how much he's been practicing, how much he's been playing. Everybody has question marks, but everybody has played well enough recently to make you somewhat interested. It, it's incredible stuff here. So so DJ, who uh, didn't play particularly well at Congaree, probably should have won the golf tournament easily outside of maybe two or three holes that he played really poorly. I think I'm more optimistic now on Dustin Johnson than I was 
a week ago. I have him winning the simulation 7.2% of the time, which is pretty close to his implied odds. Uh, he's 15 to 1. He is a 15 to 1 at, at DraftKings. He's 16 to 1 at William Hill, so you should shop it if you want to get a little bit better number. And then Justin Thomas, I mentioned the other golfer over 7%, but I've got three guys winning it in the 6% of the range as well. Uh, John Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau, and Terrell Hatton. A couple of ideas about, about John Rahm. Unfortunately, you know, betting anybody at 10 to 1, 10 and a half to 1, 11 to 1, it's super scary. There is There are really uh, no negatives for John Rahm. The last time we saw him, he was running away with the Memorial. We know that he has dominated at Torrey Pines. What I would say is, um, you know, Torrey has historically, for guys not named John Rahm and maybe Rory McIlroy, it's been a pretty volatile event. If you go and look at the top players and you just look at the last five years, you're going to see guys with top two top tens, two missed cuts. It's just, it's, there's a lot of randomness to Tory. What kind of law, lie are you going to draw? Uh, what type of, of green, like if you play in the afternoon, how bumpy are those greens going to be? They grow, they bud throughout the day. So, um, I would be, I, I would be, uh, a little bit concerned to bet anybody at this number. You know, if 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 you want to get John Rahm in your DraftKings lineups, if you want to get exposure to him in one and dones and pools, I think that's fair. I think betting it, I think it's tough. If you're if you're just looking for a sweat, if you're just if you bet the four majors and you're looking for someone to be alive on Sunday, maybe it's John Rahm. Maybe that's the bet that you make. If you're trying to grind, you know, uh, week over week and month over month and year over year, it's tough to pull the trigger on John Rahm. The last the last two in this six and a half to one range: Bryson DeChambeau six and a half percent and and Terrell Hatton at six point three. Uh, you know, Bryson has not been good. Let's let's be clear about that. He has not really been all that good since what Bay Hill or Sawgrass, and but. The thing is, his game is 100% designed for U.S. Opens. This is it. It's the club head speed. It's the strength. It's extracting it from that thick Kakuya rough. This is what he was built for. So if you were ever going to get an opportunity to pull the trigger 18 to 1 on a guy who wins a lot of golf tournaments, uh, this is a pretty good time to do it. I don't, I don't believe it is safe. I believe it is pretty risky. But this is, this is the, the, the blueprint. And then Hatton, you know, this is really interesting. I actually want to pull this up for you here. Hatton is my biggest value. Um, he wins my projections or my Sims 6.3% of the time. His implied odds 40 to one say he wins it about two and a half percent of the time. If you go back and look at last week, this is last week's leaderboard. Uh, he should have ran away. Actually, let me get, let me load the entire field. He should have ran away with Palmetto last week. He was by far the best player from T to green, two shots clear of Hudson Swafford, the next best guy and four shots clear of Johnny Vegas, doc Redman, Will Gordon, the guys who were the next group. I mean, he was far and away the best T to green player in the field lost 3.2 strokes putting. If he loses two strokes putting, he wins the golf tournament. That's how good he was from tee to green. It's really phenomenal. We know that he thrives or at least has played well on uh, difficult golf courses. His most recent victory or his, his, his PGA Tour victory coming at, at Bay Hill. So to me, a 40 to 1 number that probably some places have it longer than that. William Hill has it at 35. 40 at DraftKings, but I bet you there's a 45 hanging out there somewhere or even a 50. Um, that, that's pretty interesting to me for Hatton. And, and I think the game sets up well. I think the, the sim knows what it likes. I, I think that's a pretty good number. 
We'll kind of spend my analysis on this. Um, I, I think my card, and I have not finalized this card yet because um, I have a lot of questions and I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I, I'm really trying to figure out if I should be playing Brooks or not. Are we ever just going to be like, hey, maybe he really doesn't care about anything but major championships? Uh, the, there, there was a bit of, of optimism uh, last week because he, he gained strokes both off the tee uh, and on approach, and he was just really sour with the putter. So here's Brooks, gained two and a half strokes off the tee, two strokes on approach. That's only in two rounds. Uh, bled strokes on and around the greens. And and usually that does that stretch of, of poor putting, it doesn't carry over for long for Brooks. So I, le- I at least believe that there are reasons uh, to be optimistic about him, especially when you get him to a major championship. And if it plays like the USGA wants it to play, in theory, there's 10 guys who can win this golf tournament. He is certainly one of those golfers. Um, I'm, I'm going to definitely be investing in some of these longer shot guys. You know, Shane Lowry catches my attention, believe it or not. Adam Scott catches my attention, believe it or not. Those are two guys that I think are playing better than uh, we want to give them credit for. Uh, I, I actually did both of them in the, uh, the sleepers video uh, that came out earlier this week. So there's some more full analysis there. But I'm also going to be targeting some golfers for top five, top 10, top 20. And remember, you know, the outright odds really dictate a lot of what those top five, top 10, and top, top 20 numbers are going to look like. So the one that has, that has my attention, or at least I'm intrigued about is Matthew Wolf. And he is 225 to one to win the tournament, but he is plus 750 to finish inside the top 10. If you've been following, I, we have no idea what the state of his game is. He has not played since Zurich. He did not play well for the last six months. He took some time off to get away from the game. Maybe he's got it back in shape. I have no idea. But in theory, the game that he has, strong, powerful, club head speed, that's built for a U.S. Open. Same way that Bryson's is. It's it, you know Remember, at Wingsfoot, who finished runner-up to Bryson? Matt Wolf did. So... This is kind of a, a much more of a flyer, not asking him to win the golf tournament, but seven and a half to one to finish inside the top 20 is getting dangerously close to John Rahm's winning odds, right? Seven and a half to one, some places Rahm's nine to one to win. So like, what, what are we doing here? I, I think I'd rather take the flyer on somebody to finish inside the top 20 than maybe just eating the chalk and going with Rahm at nine, 10, 11 to one. I was thinking that I probably won't get uh, too much outright action deeper than maybe 50 to one, but I think that's a lie. I mean, Sam Burns is 110 to one and has won this year, had a couple more opportunities, was in the final group at Torrey Pines in January. He should be a great fit for this course. Uh, I I will likely bet him at 110 to one, uh, but most of my my outright action will, will live... 50 to one or shorter. Um, you know, I'm going to try to shop the Patrick Reed number. Unfortunately, Patrick Reed being clumped together with Colin Morikawa, who's also, I also like that. I feel like I like the 20 to 25 numbers better than I do the ones above it. Uh, but I think I have to shop this Reed number 25 to one on DraftKings, 25 to one on William Hill. I was really hoping that was going to be a 35 to one. I know that he just won at Torrey Pines in January, but I was hoping the public was going to let that, let that, let that drop to kind of 35. So I'm going to keep an eye on that as the week goes on uh, and determine if it's worth it at 25 or if I can get it somewhere deeper.
Before we go any further, I know a lot of you are playing on Jock Market. It is Stock Market DFS, and it is truly one of the few places where you can really get an idea of the sentiment on a Wednesday evening during IPO, because that's when you bid on golfers. And I want to give you a couple of buy low and sell high options. I'm just continually getting hotter on Sam Burns, which I, I, I just imagine will end poorly, but he is seemingly set up so well for this course. We've talked plenty this week about his, his upside, and I just don't think the sentiment is there on him, whether that's ownership or his IPO price. Price on jock market. I'm ready to spend up to $7.50 a share on Sam Burns, which puts him at a break-even finishing position of 20th. If he finishes better than that, I make more money per share. If he finishes worse, I lose money per share. And I don't think I'm going to have to spend that much because I don't think he gets anywhere near $7.50 in the IPO phase on Wednesday evening. And then Matt Wolf, this to me is uh, a very interesting flyer. Again, I do not think the sentiment is there. I'm trying to get Matt Wolf at about $3 a share, which would ask him to finish 52nd or better with the understanding that I might lose all of my investment on Matt Wolf or at least uh, two thirds of it because the min payout is a dollar per share. So I I think this is a really good jock market uh, upside strategy to target someone like Matt Wolf because if he does exceed 52nd place, I would essentially make money on every position moving up. And then a couple of guys I'm a little bit more worried about. Uh, Jordan Spieth, I suppose I'm just worried about the way that his game sets up. He does not hit a lot of fairways, and he's been magical extracting himself from difficult positions uh, when he misses fairways at other events. But I don't think the rough or the, the it would be as penal as it's going to be this week for what we've seen Jordan Spieth. I'm happy to buy back in on him, but this is not going to be the week for me. I'm only willing to spend $8 per share, which is essentially asking him to finish 18th or better. But with the how public and how popular Jordan Spieth is, I think he is going to be more expensive than that. And speaking of more expensive, arguably uh, the best sentiment of anybody in this field, maybe outside of John Rahm, is Xander Shoffley. I'm willing to spend up to $9 a share on Xander. That's asking him to finish 14th or better. I think that is even still a stretch, especially for a guy who just solved the puzzle of Torrey Pines one time in January. But what we have seen, Xander Shoffley is going to be incredibly popular. He is going to likely break through the $10 mark on IPO on Wednesday evening. And if he does that, I'm not going to have any shares of him. If you want to make a deposit on Jock Market, now is the time. You can use the code RICK. It is also linked in the description. It'll give you a 100% deposit bonus up to $50, the best one that they offer. And of course, you can join us Wednesday evening, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel for the Jock Market Power Hour, where we talk through all the important things in the final hour of that critical IPO phase where you bid on golfers eventually to earn enough shares, and then you can trade them throughout the event. A lot of fun, awesome stuff, lots of money to be made, especially this week in a huge cash market. Join us. All right, matchups out nice and early. Let's see what we can find. And and speaking of Sam Burns, I mean, I see one out right now. Sam Burns versus um, Kevin Streelman. I mean, these guys are these guys are pretty different. So this is the this is the head-to-head matchup tool. Again, rickredgood.com. You can plug in any two golfers. You can change the time frame, and it will pump out the likelihood that each one wins a four-round matchup. If we go since the start of 2020, then uh, Sam Burns is the tiniest of favorites, 50.4%, the tiniest of favorites. If we go more recent, if we go to... 
let's call it like the start of this season, which would have been like September of 2020. Burns becomes a 54% favorite. On DraftKings, he is minus 120, which is about the, the line that we're getting right now. I haven't met minus 119. If we go a little bit more recent, what, do we, what happens if we go since the start of 2021? I wonder if this number extends. Oh, it doesn't. It comes back closer than this. Okay. Strowman's actually been pretty decent. Yeah. Strowman's been much more consistent while Burns has kind of been all over the place. Uh, most time frames... I can get Burns to be the favorite here. I just um, I just don't think it's worth a bet. He's minus 120. Strillman's minus 110. This one I find in- interesting. John Rahm, pretty significant favorite. Minus 150 over Dustin Johnson. And, you know, DJ hasn't played up to his lofty standards. But see, now my... my um, my matchup tool here is is going to give Rom credit for his three rounds that he played. Uh, I know not all results, not all models are going to account for that because he didn't technically finish the event or or if you, uh, you know, for whatever reason, if you're looking at his actual result, but this is round by round strokes gain. So John Rom does indeed get credit for the three rounds that he played at the Memorial. And you can see, I mean, it's pretty significant since the, um, let's do the start of 2021, just so that this is uniform here. I have John Rom winning this uh, 72% of the time, which is massive. So while I thought, this minus 150 line was probably too long. Doesn't appear to be. Not if you just look at the raw strokes gained round by round since the start of the year. And there's probably not a time frame that I can get DJ to be a favorite here or even anything close to it. John Rahm has been that good. Uh, yeah, so I'm just kind of messing around with some of the different time frames here. And you'd have to go back into last season when DJ was winning like Traveler, like last summer. Uh, or last fall, to, to get Dustin Johnson to be a favorite here. This one I find interesting. Max Homa, minus 125 over Sungjae Im. Uh, Sungjae's not been good recently. Let's let's just see what happens here. Sungjae and Max Homa. All right, let's go more recent. Let's do the start of 2021. That's kind of my default here. I like that. Sungjae, a small favorite, 51%. If we go a little bit more recent into February, which is when Homa would have gotten his victory, it turns to a tiny little favorite for Homa. If we go more recent, now we're starting to get into really small sample sizes, but even if we go to March, 55% Homa, April, 66% Homa. The gap is widening, which when it does that, it makes me want to bet that guy, right? It's, it's, it is, I'm, I'm understanding that it is a very small sample size, but when the smaller you get and the more recent you get, the, the gap is widening. That is usually a good correlator for success. So I, I don't love it. I, I think I like it. Max Homa minus 125 over Sung JM minus 103. Of course, Homa's uh, most recent victory came at uh, Riviera. Difficult course on the West Coast with Poana Greens. Quell Hollow, certainly not an easy course. Sung JM, however, his victory came at uh, PGA National. Very difficult golf course. So both of these guys uh, tend to play better on difficult courses, but it seems as if they're headed in different directions, or at least that is what the model is indicating. So Max Homa, uh, more recent, seems to be the bigger favorite here. He's minus 125 currently on DraftKings. All right, one and done. Uh, and oh boy, one and done. I, 
We're going to have to talk this one out. But before I do that, let's give a quick run good one and done update. Remember, we started back at the beginning of the season. So we are many events into this. In fact, we just started the fourth and final segment. Last week was the first week. U.S. Open, this is the second week. So uh, I've been, here it is. We've, we're now updating the different segments. We've got all that done here. Segment three has been solidified. Uh, the overall leader, Graybo. Caster Josh was in second, Nash the Flash, Chappy Chaps, and Jared Hebby. Uh, and I'm losing ground like crazy. I'm in 27th. Um, I'm trying to think what else I need to tell you about this one and done. I don't, I don't know. That might be it. But uh, I mean, I find this incredibly easy and incredibly difficult. So let's talk this out. It is a huge prize pool, right? $2 million to first place. Um, all the big players are here. It's major championship, all that good stuff. There's probably someone you've been saving. If you're like me, you've been saving Bryson. If you're like me, you might be saving Brooks. I have a, I have a, 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 a lot of leagues where I have to decide between Bryson and Brooks. But here's the problem. I don't really trust either of them at the moment. I think that I, I'm, I'm going to try to forget recent performance because... I'll tell you what, what I used to do and what I still, I still do is, uh, I will often fill out a one and done, uh, before the season starts, which I highly recommend. It is, it is a very fun exercise and a very useful exercise. And often the one and done that I decided on every pick in September or in January for the course of the season does better than the one that I pick week to week because you are not held hostage by any biases uh, after what you see from week to week. You just say, okay, this would be a good spot for Bryson. I thought that six months ago. I still probably think it now. Um, maybe I should just play Bryson. So so I'm going to try to avoid that, and I'm going to try to roll out Bryson. In, in the places that I have saved Bryson, I'm going to roll him out. I think that is fair. Uh, if I've been saving Brooks and, and, and you've already used Bryson, again, I think you should roll him out. There are cases to be made for both of those guys. Uh, if you have everyone at your disposal, if you were literally lucky enough to have everyone at your disposal, of course, John Rahm is certainly going to be that guy, but I imagine you've used him already. John Rahm tends to be one of the more popular golfers. If we look at uh, the, the run good one and done, which is certainly not the end all be all, he has been used second most. Only Tony Finau has been moved, used, excuse me, uh, already more often than John Rahm. So if you are still uh, still have him available basically no matter what your position is front running or not you should be playing John Rom. Uh the idea is he is the clear cut favorite. The idea is if you are front running you should continue to front run and if you are trying to make up ground there's an argument to be made that not a lot of people in front of you have John Rom left and you can make up ground with one of the best players if not the best player or he's he's the favorite. He he's the guy. So um the argument to be made is if you have John Rom you should be playing him no matter what. Who else will be popular this week? Xander. Xander will be incredibly popular this week. He's been phenomenal at U.S. Opens. Uh, until recently, until this year, he's been terrible at Torrey Pines. But I think a lot of people uh, believe that he that he snapped through that um, and finished runner-up in January. So that, that kind of changes the story there. If you want to get really freaky, I think there's a couple of ways to get freaky here. Tony Finau is one of them. Uh, Tony has historically played very well at Torrey Pines. He has all the skills outside of a winning acumen uh, to play well at a U.S. Open venue. The other guy 
would be Colin Morikawa, who I understand it's early in the week. He is probably the guy that um, I am likely to grow on as as the week rolls on. I, I think he's he's the guy. Last time we saw him, he was losing in a playoff to Patrick Cantlay at Muirfield Village. Uh, obviously a great result. He's got four top 15 finishes in his last, uh, no, four out of his last four in terms of uh, individual events. The one that he missed the cut was the Zerg. So this is a guy who already has a major championship, pounds fairways, best iron player on planet Earth, the putter, huge question, obviously, but I I think this is the guy that will be overlooked as the week goes on. I will continue to warm on him. Um, yeah, he's just played great. So I, I think there's a couple of ways to get freaky. If you really need to go further than that, and I'm not sure you do because you've probably been saving somebody for this, Shane Lowry. Paul Casey's kind of interesting. I think even Adam Scott is kind of interesting. You hopefully don't have to go too, too low here because uh, in in a perfect world, you've you've thought about this U.S. Open before today. These, these are the events you usually save people for. So uh, interested to see how, how it shakes out for everyone and plenty more content to come. Of course, the three live streams on Wednesday. Join me for all of those. You'll probably see and hear me in places you didn't want to. You might have Rick Overload by the time the week is over. I apologize in advance, but if you watch this far, maybe you enjoy that. I don't know. We'll see. Either way, it's going to be awesome. Enjoy the week. Best of luck, and I'll talk to you guys soon.